Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean. And this is the podcast where we take equine research and try and make it accessible to horse owners and enthusiasts alike. Remember that with each topic we discuss, it's important to get professional advice before implementing any of the strategies. Welcome to this week's episode of Conversations in Equine Science. Nancy and I joined um, in our green room yesterday and we had two lovely listeners join us. Laura, who is a veterinary nurse and she was listening from Tenerife. And Sophie, who's an equine science student who was listening in, she studies in University College Dublin. We had a brilliant conversation in regards to this current issue that's happening with um, donkeys in Kenya and their hides being used to take gelatin and create a product called Ajeo. Is that, am I saying that correct, Nancy? Yeah, Ajeo. Ajeo. Yep. So Nancy and I are going to give you a little overview today of how that chat went. Normally we do record our green rooms, but such as technology did not work out for us yesterday. So today we're going to get a little recap and just give you some information on what you can do and how you can help this cause with Brook.org. Yep. And I think the technology uh, drop was on my part. So uh, we'll do a recap. And it's really a good topic that needs our attention. And um, the basic premise is that uh, Brook uh, USA from the Brook.org uh, has kind of made us all aware that donkeys are being slaughtered for their hides. And um, it's in an a- attempt to meet an ever increasing demand for a Jiao. And this product is used in Chinese medicine and beauty products. And essentially, they take the hide, they slaughter the donkey. Now in China, they hit the donkey over the head with a sledgehammer to knock it out. And then they skin the donkey alive because it produces um, a different substrate of the gelatin, and then they boil those hides to get it. So that is so cruel. In 2021, this is being done. I I just can't believe it. And it's been uh, documented that in 1992, China had 11 million donkeys, and now they're down to 2.6 million, which is only half of the donkeys needed for production of this Ajiao. So it's an, an incredible injustice. That figure alone completely blew my mind that if you took all the donkeys that are in China right now, you wouldn't meet half the demand that there is for this product, which has no research, no basis on the premise that it's anti-aging and increases libido and there's nothing to back it up. And I suppose there are people out there that are, consuming it and have no idea where it comes from. I would say that's probably the majority of consumers. But one of the big issues is that Amazon are selling this product and Amazon sell a lot of products. And I understand it can be hard to regulate, well, not regulate, but kind of get into the nitty gritty of where every ingredient comes from. And the issue here is it has been brought to their attention though, and they're refusing 
to take it off of their site as a product for sale. It comes with kind of a double-edged sword in particular, because it's not just in one country, you know, the donkeys are being killed in a barbaric way. So we know culturally in different um, countries, they have different methods of slaughter and killing animals. And, you know, we don't always agree with those ways. But another edge to this sword that's really important is the fact that a lot of these donkeys are being stolen to take their hides for this product. And they're being stolen in countries like Kenya where people rely on those donkeys as their only source of transport, be it to get food, to get water, to haul anything, um, to even go get medical help. And these families are then left completely devastated without that animal. Yeah, I think the figure that really came out to me is that last year alone in Kenya, 159,631 donkeys were slaughtered and an estimated 60 donkeys a week are being stolen. So when you have 10 million people in a country that are dependent on donkeys for their livelihood, their work, um, bringing them up out of a poverty situation. I mean, they anticipate that by 2023, donkeys will vanish from the African continent because of the demand for this product. And the whole thing that sticks out at me is you can get gelatin from a plant-based material, but I guess you have to create a culture in which... Um, people realize in, there's zero peer-reviewed research that says donkey hide gelatin creates these anti-aging and aphrodisiac qualities. So to me, it's the, the rhino horn fiasco all over again, but in larger numbers. And 2023 is only a year and a month away. You know, to think that that population of donkeys will be completely lost in that time is devastating. That's how much this seems to be ramping up. But you said, Nancy, when you researched into this, sites like eBay are now refusing to sell it. Yeah, I w wanted to see what cosmetics in America had this product. And sometimes it doesn't say a GL, it'll say donkey oil or donkey hide. It, it won't say a GL on it. And I was happy to see there are quite a few companies that refuse to sell this product. And then also in our uh, Congress, there is a bill and it's HR 5203 and it's called the uh, GL Act. And it is um, waiting for support, but uh, Don Beyer, in Virginia has brought it, uh, the bill into existence. So we really all have to, you know, call our representatives in Congress and let them know we really wanna support this. And I think the best place to learn about this is at thebrook.org or at uh, brookusa.org. And you can write a letter to Amazon, which if you click on send an email, they'll have a letter already composed for you. 
And what I did was just kind of um, edit it and put my feelings in. And it goes to the CEO of Amazon and then a legislative policy person at Amazon. And then uh, you can also sign the petition that Brooke has going. But they have a lot of research on their site. And one of them is that there's a disease outbreak that is affecting donkeys across seven West African countries. And in Nigeria alone, the death toll so far is 62,000 donkeys. So this has huge animal welfare implications and it impacts on the livelihoods. And it's kind of like an equine influenza, but they've kind of tracked it um, that it's a consequence of the unregulated global movement and trading of donkeys for their skins. So you're putting huge amounts of donkeys in confined spaces and they're spreading this virus amongst themselves. And, you know, we just are still in this pandemic. We have really got to show um, more control and more One Health protocol because we all saw what can happen when a virus changes and gets out there and jumps from animals to humans or is somehow manipulated. So anyway, um, it might be the fact that this influenza is creating a problem now that may help us to stop this practice. I think, like, as you said, Nancy, having gone through the pandemic, we're at a point now where we know better we know better than to overhouse animals and create conditions where sickness brews and there's unhealthy conditions. And that's from a selfish point of view, but sometimes that's the only way we can get through to certain people. People aren't always invested in the welfare of the animal and that's always the struggle. So even from that point alone, you know, we have a one health onus on us to protect ourselves and protect other species and not have any more disease become rampant and that's I mean there's just so many layers to this scenario where I think there's something that has to tick a box for everyone for you to get involved and it really does just take a couple seconds of your time to go on and sign that petition people think petitions don't go anywhere and they don't get traction and they don't do anything so they don't bother, but they really do make a difference. And representatives use the fact that so many people are standing behind this. You know, it's data and it's evidence when you fill these out of how many people believe it is wrong and it should be stopped. Yeah, I just couldn't believe the candy bars that are sold on Amazon that have nuts and dried fruit in them. And they're made with this uh, GL and that we're selling that in this country um, you know, it might be manufactured outside of our country, but still that there would be a marketplace for it. And eBay, you know, you've got to give them credit for saying, no, we won't have a part in that. So we're hoping Amazon will step up and do the right thing. And I will also say that the Kenyan government, they overturned their ban on donkey slaughter. And that really turn the tide where there's so much more um, stolen donkeys and illegal trading of donkeys. And that's a real concern because, um, you know, I mean, these people need them for 
carrying their items, transportation, pulling carts. I mean, I, the fact that there are 10 million people that rely on these donkeys for their business is amazing because we live in a more modern society. We don't necessarily have donkeys um, as working animals. We have them more as uh, companionship or companion animals. So we have to look at um, the different needs of the animal and how it's impacting those people. And a lot of times when a donkey is stolen, it's the woman that ends up doing the job the donkey used to do. When you said that yesterday, I just thought like, that is such a shame as well. It's yeah, the level of freedom these donkeys create for the family, you really can't quantify and it ends up putting women back into those subservient roles. Yeah, and there is a nice, um, some real life stories of people and how when their donkey was stolen, how it impacted their family. And a lot of times it's the difference between kids being able to go to school and not go to school because at that point in time, the kids have to go to work to begin bringing in money to the household. They can't be going off to get educated. So it's just, um, you know, they lose access to water, to earning money, um, putting food on the table, uh, you know, these poor families just go deeper and deeper into poverty. And if there's an easy, simple alternative um, to to this product, I mean, I think we should all globally be on board for that. And as you were saying, Nancy, there's no there's no research to say plant gelatin isn't just as efficient as, you know, animal no. gelatin. Yeah, when I looked at the um, HR 5203 bill, um, there's no reliable peer-reviewed evidence of EGL's um, ability to be medicinal, uh, even non-medicinal purposes like a skin moisturizer. There's nothing that says it actually improves elasticity of your skin as you age. So, I mean, there's no peer reviewed evidence. I mean, I just, I know it's hard to change the Chinese culture and what they believe because look how long we fought for elephant tusk and rhino horn and all that. It's uh, really hard. So maybe we have to do it from legal standpoints and then possibly from the marketplace because it's the money that's driving the poachers to steal the donkeys. I think so. And I yeah. think, so Nancy's done a lot of research to see how this is being tackled in the States um, and how representatives are bringing it to Congress. But it is definitely worth having a look and seeing in your country what is being done about it. Is it legal in your country? Is it for sale? Is it in products you're using that you just didn't realize before? Um, certainly worth looking up further and we'll have the name and everything obviously on the title of the episode and in our bio and information on the book.org as well so you can access that and get signing those petitions but I think our first step is to try and tackle Amazon um, in the states and try and get it to stop selling there and then see see how we can go forward Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to Sophie because she's the one that kind of told us, well, this is in cosmetics. 
And that made me do a little further research. And my God, am I using a cosmetic that has this in it and didn't even know. And I was happy to see, I checked all my makeup, all my moisturizers, and and I was clear. But um, my daughter-in-law was here visiting and she said, first thing she does is check that the products in her cosmetics are not on any animal you know, harm list or whatever. So you can have a quick Google and check that out. And then also, um, you know, I never thought about this before. I didn't even know what a GL was. So let's get on board with this and try to make a difference. Having a Google as well to make sure that your products are eco-friendly, vegan-friendly. It's a really simple way to be more sustainable. And it doesn't take a huge amount of effort, you know, just making small little changes. Um, I don't want to say any brand names. This is like a slight tangent, but <laughs> check your washing up liquids, like your dish soap, because some of those on the back will have a little um, triangle and it'll say that it's extremely harmful to aquatic life. Oh, and eventually, you know, these products end up getting filters into our mainstream waterways. So if you can, I mean, just make small changes. Next time you go to buy your foundation, buy one that's vegan friendly. If you're buying more washing up liquid, dish soap, check the back. I mean, the cheaper the dish soap, I found anyway in Ireland and the UK, it's not actually detrimental to the environment. So have a look at the back. It's the expensive brands sometimes that you would be surprised with. Yeah, and also at the Brook, they've got a history of how they approached Amazon, all the presentations they've done, and then Amazon came back and said, no, we're still going to continue to sell it. So they're still in that fight to get it taken off. There's plenty of other companies that have done so. So, um, you know, send a letter, send an email. It's very easy to do at the Brook USA. Um, I think it's actually brookusa.org. So, um, well, I think that's about all that we talked about yesterday. We added a few things, of course, and uh, we hope to do another green room and hopefully I will get the technology together to be able to then put it onto an anchor podcast if you do decide you want to join us in a green room in the future it is super easy you just download the green room app from um, itunes or from your play store and you don't have to talk when you join us you can sit and listen so we'll always you know give you the option to talk and you can just decline it when it pops up but they are fun conversations a lot of the time and you learn things that you wouldn't know. And the same goes for me and Nancy. You know, we picked up some stuff during the green room as well. Yeah. So do feel free to join us next time. Okay. Well, thanks, Kate, for redoing this and rehashing what we talked about. And we'll see everybody next week. You too, Nancy. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.